0: Amen. All right, go get them. Go have fun. For those of us who are going to stay, uh, we're in John chapter 15, and I want to start today with the reading of our text in John 15, verses 1 through 8. So if you would do me one more favor and stand back to your feet. I know we just sat down. We're getting in our exercise today. But... As much as we can participate, I I don't want to just talk at you. I want you to be here with me. And so uh, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. And uh, we're just going to I'm going to read the first eight verses. If you would just follow along with me. The Bible says this. I, Jesus, am the vine, the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me. That does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already, you are clean. This is the reality of Jesus, right? Already, I've made you clean, because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. "...as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, (laughs) unless you abide in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, it is that person that bears much fruit." You've heard me say this next part a thousand times. For apart from me, you can do what, church? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. We're going to spend two weeks in a row on just this text. I want to zero in on one aspect of it today, and then I want to zero in on the broader context of it, Next week. All right. So you got to come back next week. Free video. (laughs) You got to come back next week because there's a lot more here that I'm not going to touch on today. And I just want you to know that out of the gate that I didn't forget it. I didn't think it was unimportant, but I want to zero in on a really important part of this for today. And then we'll come back next week and get the rest of it so that we don't miss any of the goodness that is here. But our text today said this statement. It said, the Father is glorified when we prove to be what I will call apprentices of Jesus. I use the word apprentice because you and I have gotten too used to the word disciple. It doesn't mean to us what it used to mean. Right? To be an apprentice of Jesus... And to prove that in our life is what brings the Father glory. So my aim today is simply to help us reframe everything we know toward that end. I have a small task for me today. (laughs) I want you to rethink about your life today in a new way to apprentice yourself. Under Jesus. In other words, as the scripture says, to abide in Christ and he in you and therefore bear much fruit. Listen, I don't know about you, but every week I come in here and I tell you, I want that life. I want the life where Jesus shows up and I don't just bear some fruit. I think I've borne some fruit over the last few years Right, Matt? Affirm that. Cameron, they've known me the longest, aside from Camden. I'm not gonna ask her. <laughs> it's my wife if you're new. I'll just leave that for another time. No no no, like we're not gonna do this just to check a box, right? We can do that anywhere. No no no. There there seems to be an offer, as we have tracked through the book of John. The Gospel of John, that there's an entirely different way of being. There's an entirely different reality called the Kingdom of God. But as I've suggested for my own life, and I think I could speak for you, that there's way too, it, it is way too frequent that I don't experience the things that Jesus is talking about, right? The things we've talked about all along. That in Him, in Jesus, there's no darkness at all. I want that. I want that. That you would abide in Jesus and He and you and bear much fruit out of our life. Much fruit seems to indicate to me that I can't mistake that God's moving in my life. Like if there's a lot of fruit on a tree, I don't have to search for it, right? And so in a minute, we'll look at what that. Fruit is, but I want to start here. Brother Lawrence, a fifteenth century monk, wrote these words and they'll be on the screen for you. He said, I cannot imagine how a religious person can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. I can't imagine. How somebody who's religious, somebody who says they follow Jesus, can live a satisfied life without the continual practice of the presence of God. Dallas Willard more recently, this will also be on the screen for you, wrote these words, Abiding is like inhaling the reality of the kingdom of God. Question, does that life sound really good? Yeah, it does. It sounds so much better than the life we can live without Jesus, right? When Jesus says, apart from me you can do nothing, He's not suggesting that you and I aren't scurrying around doing a lot of things. In fact, I think we are. To the detriment of our soul. And so, abiding, waiting, remaining in Christ, is to take a deep breath to inhale the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom of God. If you were to ask me to define reality, what is real reality, I would begin by telling you that true reality is found in the kingdom of God. That all that we see here is not all that we can experience. So much of our experience in this life is hampered by the nagging question of what happens in the next one. We spend so much of our time in secular culture thinking about what happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. And trying to be certain of these things that we cannot see, when in reality we would say, hello, you can be certain of those things, but it comes through the kingdom of God. That's why you're not satisfied apart from Jesus. So I don't know about you, but I long for the kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit that when I breathe in the kingdom of God, it's so second nature that I am, as the scripture says... In Galatians, walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lusts of my flesh. That's where I want to be. I want to invite you to that place. Why is that so important? Why is that language so important that Paul used when he wrote that letter to his friends, his church in Galatia? Why was that so critical? Why? Because the lust of the flesh is rampant in me. And I would invite you to consider the same thing. Is not the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life rampant in all of us? When we are not abiding in Christ. How easy it is for me to complain how easy it is to belittle another human being made in God's image. It's, so, it's way too easy. Because they don't share a view that I share. How easy it is to desire what we do not have. How easy it is to covet what my neighbor has. How easy it is to hate another person. How quickly our negativity can grieve the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? How do, how do we, what does it look like to abide in Christ? What is the tangible reality of breathing in the kingdom of God? Even if you're a novice, an amateur, a beginner at breathing in the kingdom of God. Well, let's go back to our two authors and then we'll jump into John 15. Brother Lawrence continued by saying these words, For my part, the part I play, I keep myself retired with Him. Remember, he wrote in the 15th century, so you've got to do a little little intellectual work here with me. All right, I, re- I keep myself retired with Him, resting in Him, thinking on Him, In the depth of the center of my soul as much as I can. And he didn't have a cell phone. Or a laptop. Or maybe even electricity. Okay? And he still felt like he couldn't get in touch with his soul without a lot of work. And while I am so with him, Jesus, look at this. I fear nothing. But the least turning from Him, I love this line, is insupportable. What he's saying is, anytime I deviate from my soul being centered in Jesus, I have wronged. I have erred. And it is insupportable in the kingdom of God. I must come back. Right? It's it's John 15. The branch apart from the vine cannot bear fruit. In other words, there is no life apart from Jesus. And so the moment I turn, the moment I stop abiding, I'm not getting life. To be grafted in, as other scriptures talk about, is to become what the scriptures call a new person. I am... Totally different in Christ. Dallas Willard helps us in a little more modern language when he goes on to say the first and most basic thing we can and must do is to keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus, and he was referencing the author I just referenced, in practicing the presence of God is to direct And then redirect our minds constantly to Him. The Apostle Paul would say it this way. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Right? He would say it this way. Pray without ceasing. What does that look like? I'm so distracted by the things of the world. I love this. We may well be challenged in the early time of our practicing... By our burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. want to know how you stop complaining? Dwell on God. You want to know how to get your kids and your husband to stop being so annoying? Don't dwell on them. Dwell on God. Amen. (laughs) And then I just pray that I'll be more Christ-like. Pray that I'll do this. Listen to what he says, though. But these are habits. I think this is where the devil lies to us. We believe that this is who we are. That we are our habits. And I would agree. But I would say that you can change your habits. We're going to sing a song after I'm done that says, You, Jesus, keep hope alive. Why do we sing that? Because we actually believe... That because Jesus rose from the dead and now lives in us, that we can be that new person Scripture calls us to be. Look at this. These are habits, not the law of gravity. You can't change gravity, but you know what you can change? Your habits. These can be broken. I love this language. A new, grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps toward keeping God before us, soon our minds will return to God as the needle of the compass constantly returns to the north. How about this? If God is the great longing of our souls, He will become the pole star of our inward beings. God, the great longing of our soul. So how? How do we abide in Christ and bear much fruit and bring glory to the Father? You already know the answer. Spiritual practices. The things you don't want to do are the things we need to do. Things like silence and prayer and fasting. If you would have come to a 15th century monk and asked them how to start following Jesus, they wouldn't have started with, you got to show up to the church service and serve coffee. Not what they would have said. Now listen, I'm glad we have coffee. Chandra, good work. But, that would not be how they told you to start. Brother Lawrence would have pulled you to the side and said, let's talk about what fasting is. Let's talk about how much time you're spending in silence. I'm convicted already, so we could just stop. How much are you praying? Tell me about your experience with praying without ceasing. And it wasn't wasn't to be a derogatory thing. It was, these are the keys to your soul. And as time goes on, Satan has thrown more and more and more and more distractions at us to where we think to do 21 days of prayer is quite the sacrifice. And it's not. What a joy that I can pray to the God who hung the stars. I love that. Reading scripture, Sabbath, gathering in community, and more. We could go on because, and the reason for that, is that it takes an entire new way of life to follow Jesus. To abide in Christ is to be completely different than you were pre-Christ. And that will take a lifetime so it's not a to-do list, but it is confessing that Jesus is Lord and then orienting your life as though that is true. It's an entire way of life oriented around the reality of God. We call this worship, but worship is not just singing songs. It's a way of life. And let's just, let's just be honest, very few followers of Jesus, at least in our secular moment, are doing these inner habits with great consistency. The busyness of life has robbed us of inner peace. And it shows. It shows in my life, and I'm sure it shows in yours. 16th century reformer Martin Luther said, I have so much to do that I will spend the first three hours in prayer. It's a totally different way of seeing your list So accordingly, the spiritual practices are a means to an end. The point is not reading your Bible so that you can know your Bible, is it? You didn't answer because, like me, I've believed that for a long time. Not because somebody told me to think that, because it just happens. You know, because the Scripture says, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we tend to think that the truth is the Bible, No, no, no. The Bible is what delivers you the truth, right? What does the Scripture say last week? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through who? Yeah, Jesus. I'm not dissing on the Bible. I've given my whole life to study it. So don't get me wrong. It's massively important. But it is the conduit that Jesus chose to use to get us to Jesus. Right? You will know my word. Right? Abide in me and I in you. Right? So, so it, it plays a significant role. But let's not get things out of whack and think that our knowledge of the Bible is what delivers us to freedom. It's not. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to peace. Jesus is the way to freedom. We want to know Jesus. All of these spiritual practices are conduits that deliver us to the feet of Jesus, right? We don't do them because we really want to sit in silence. No, 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 we sit in silence because even in the turmoil in the Old Testament, the Bible says it was in that still small voice in the midst of all the hurricane and turbulence that you could hear God. So it doesn't matter what's happening around us in the world. It, doesn't mat- it matters very little actually other than that we would look on them with compassion as Jesus did. But you can know God and the truth can set you free right now. That's incredible. So the spiritual practices are a means to an end. It's self-denial. It's leaning in to be satisfied by God and less satisfied by The world, it is meant for us to be with Jesus. The Greek word for abide in the scripture in John 15 is meno, and it means to stay. It means stay there, dwell there. It also, in other places, means endure. In other words, to stay with Jesus is going to take some endurance. It's harder to sit still than it is to go serve. Frankly, critical. The result of being with Jesus delivers its results, delivers its fruit over time. Apart from God, you can act more loving for a time, but you will not be more loving. (laughs) You see the difference? You can fake it for a while, but you're going to get burned out and you're going to get grumpy and you're going to complain and you're going to do all the things. Because if you're just trying to get us to think you're awesome, you might as well stop. Because you're not. And neither am I. There's only one person that's awesome. Jesus. And then we become awesome because he's given us his image to bear. Right? That's where our value comes from. It's critical. Alright, so let's go. What, What does fruit look like? The Bible tells us, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, that's our verse that I mentioned earlier, says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. That's key. Drop down to verse 22. But the fruit of the what? Come on, class. The Spirit. Not the fruit of Mitch's effort. Not the fruit of Mitch's quiet time. Not the fruit of Mitch's whatever, and you put your name there. That's not what it says. We read that wrong. This is not a list of things. I was listening to one guy who was talking about, he said he had this conversation with his mom who uh, when she first got saved read this and then she like took a week to be more loving and then a week to be more patient and a week to be... And she's like, I was so immature. Like they were having this conversation. It was like refreshing because it's like, yeah, like we tend to treat this as though like this week I'm going to be more loving. Like no, 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 no. Like we're supposed to Be loving, right? God is love. So something else has to happen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. I don't even care what secular moment you find yourself in. If those are the things you're doing, they'll have to make stuff up to put you in jail. And they probably will. Listen to this, verse 24. This is what interdisciplines do. This is what the spiritual practices and habits look like. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. And, and he goes on. But there's only two commands in that passage. The two commands are walk by the Spirit and the other one is keep in step with the Spirit. The only thing you need to do once Jesus has entered your life is direct and redirect your mind and soul back to Jesus. That's it. So when we say the vision is Jesus, like that's not a joke. That's not a catchy phrase. It's actually the thing. All the time, I want that. Nope, back to Jesus. I can't believe they did that. Nope, back to Jesus. I need this. Nope, back to Jesus. Because what we'll look at next week is said when that's your posture, the Bible says you can ask God for anything and He'll give it to you. Why? Because you're going to ask for a Lamborghini? No. You're going to ask for what Jesus wants. This is how we change the world. We change our world. And then we do for one what we wish we could do for all. Huge implications. Back to John 15. The only command in John 15, 1 through 8, abide in me. It's the only thing God commands you to do there. Back to Jesus. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Jesus, stay there. I love this. The Father is glorified when we prove to be disciples of His Son, apprentices of His Son. We need a reframing of everything toward that end, to apprentice ourselves under Jesus, to abide in Christ and therefore bear fruit and abiding takes time. This is not going to show up next week. We pick 21 days of prayer because it takes three weeks to break and build a habit. But you know how fast you can break a habit that you just built? It's way less than 21 days. to abide in Christ and bear fruit. It takes day after day, month after month, year after year, time after time with Jesus and His people. Listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. You've heard that. Your diet won't reshape you in a day. The results of working out don't show up overnight. You don't earn a degree in a month. The human body takes decades to grow and then minutes to decay, it feels like sometimes. (laughs) And following Jesus is shaped over a lifetime. Friends, this takes time and it takes each other. It takes each other. The Bible says that we are to disciple one another. Which means we take time for each other. But here's the challenge, right? There is a command there. The command is to abide in Him. So there is something to start There is something to participate in. There is something to get on board with. And it's to abide in Him. We must begin. (laughs) We must begin. We must start directing and redirecting our minds and hearts and souls to Jesus. We must, in short, begin to practice the presence of God. So let me give you a path to start. A path to start. Number one, make the commitment to gather with us every week. To actually physically be here. If you're on vacation and you're watching online, fantastic. We want you here. Because I can't give you a hug when you have turmoil in your life. We can't lay hands on you and pray. Scripture says if anyone is sick, mind, body, spirit, let them call the elders of the church so that they can pray. We can't do that unless we're with you. We can pray over the phone and all that, but it ain't the same. We want to lay hands on you and pray. You've got to come. Number two, gather with a city group every week. Why? Because you need people in your life. This week, having conversations with people, life falling apart. Who do you? Who is there for you when your life starts to fall apart? Because life has a way of doing that. Number three, dive into 21 days of prayer. It takes minutes to work through and pays dividends on you kick-starting your day, directing and redirecting to the Lord. Number four, pick a spiritual practice that you don't want to do and start doing it. Probably fasting. <laughs> Or silence, if you don't like to sit in silence. And once you've done that for a month, then add another one. Maybe you need to do it for three months. The point is, is abiding in Christ is not passive. We choose to start, and what you and and the little adjustments you make over time. Suddenly you'll, turn, you'll wake up one day and life won't be the same because you are raised to walk in newness of life. Right? That's what we'll say next week when, you, when we baptize people. But friends, to walk by the Spirit and to keep in step with the Spirit is a participatory thing. We say all the time, we say it in Growth Track, that if there is a place where Jesus promises to be, I want to be there. Right, And so we want to be about the things that Jesus is about. So I'm going to do two things here as we finish. I'm going to have the band come up and they're going to start to play. But every so often, um, we want to take time to do the things that we are saying we want to do. And so before they start to play, I just want you to sit here in silence. And whenever you feel like it's awkward, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. So just embrace the awkward, okay? If you need to grab your wife's hand, or if you need to get down on your knees and pray, please feel free to do that. If you're watching online, there's going to be some silence now from the stream. And this may be the only silence you have all week. And I just want you to embrace it. Because the Bible says to be still still and know that I am God so before they start to play i just want to encourage you to just rest there's really no other admonition but to rest and then in about whatever's appropriate i'll give them the nod and we'll will sing together and it's a song that i picked because i want it to be an anthem for you this week I want it to be true for you this week. So let's just take a a moment in time, precious time, and direct our minds and hearts and souls to God. God, thank You for that moment of stillness, that moment of peace. I'm reminded when You were standing on the sea with Your disciples and they were afraid and the words You chose was, Peace, be still. God, I pray that over every single person within the sound of my voice that in their soul, would be still because you bring peace. You are the Prince of Peace, the Scripture says. So we ask you for that. I also want to invite you to stand with me. And we're going to sing here. But if you need somebody to pray with while the song is happening invite you to come down Jerome and I are up here we'd love to pray with you you can go to the back Pastor Tim is back there gosh you can just turn to your left or right there's people all around you that would love to pray with you but what I know is that some of you need the peace of God some of you need hope today I just want you to know that hope is found in Jesus it's not found in your spouse it's not found in your kids it's not found in your job it's not found in your financial security it's not found in any of that all of that can go away instantaneously it's not found in your gender identity it's not found in your sexuality it's not found in any of the things of this world those are good gifts that God has given to people they're good things but it begins with Jesus so if we can pray for you pray with you Please come forward, go to the back. We would love to do that. Otherwise, just I would invite you to participate. Pray, sing, lift your hands. Come down and pray. We want to do life with you. And life is not always easy. Amen. So come on, let's sing this out. Listen to these words. They're so good.